welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Micah Hart. Thanks for tuning in today. This is the last week before the midterm elections. It's going to be a good show. I'm going to talk to you all about what's going on throughout the country and what I'm expecting from these midterms and what I'm thinking is going to happen. So without further ado, let's get into it. According to a Wall Street Journal poll, in a slight margin of 46% to 44%, Republicans are favored in congressional districts by voters. This is within the margin of error. However, it does showcase a change of pace for Republicans, who were down by 3% to Democrats in August after Roe v. Wade was overturned. The same poll shows that 71% of respondents say that the economy is not on the right track. Also, the poll reveals that both Latinos and women, mostly white suburban women, have shifted towards the Republican Party since the August poll and now side with the GOP by 15%. Now, this is a huge thing. And I think personally, this is not surprising to me, but it is still very big to consider and we should be considering it. Now, it comes as no surprise that the economy is on everybody's minds. I mean, people are going to be voting with their pocketbook. I truly believe that. I said that last week. I've been saying it throughout, that the economy is what people are going to vote on. People are struggling, you know. It's huge. And when you are struggling financially, that's what you're thinking about. You want to provide for your family. People want to be able to achieve the American dream. They want to be able to afford things. And it's not like they're trying to go out and buy these crazy things. They want to be able to afford, like Senator De La Cruz said last week, having pizza on a Friday night and spending the time with their family. They want to be able to have these things. And they're struggling. And so we're seeing this shift towards, well, maybe the GOP can fix things. Also, security and safety have been a huge thing as well in this race. I mean, crime numbers have been very high and people are concerned about their safety, the safety of their family. I think a lot of it does go back to family. And I think that's a big thing as well with, you know, how can I provide for my family? How can I ensure that my family is safe and that we can just live our lives? People just want to be able to Go back to normal in a sense, you know, since COVID, things have been completely off the rails with our government and people are like, you know what? I just want to live my life. I just want to be protected by the government as much as they need to, but then I just want to live my life and I want to be able to do do things with my family. I want to be able to have, as I said, this, this American dream, which, you know, is, I would argue is kind of fading right now and is rapidly fading at that because people are so... So, so down right now because of all of this craziness going on. And I think another thing I want to point out is abortion isn't as big right now. We're seeing the economy in this poll really high numbers, really high numbers on people concerned that it's on the wrong track. And, you know, I think we will see that abortion isn't the biggest issue this election. Now, I'm not saying 2024 that's the case. I think in 2024 there could be some shifts that occur I don't know yet, obviously, and I think it will also depend on candidates and where we stand statewide with abortion laws. But I think that, if anything, it will be 2024 and not the 2022 midterms. I think people are realizing that, you know what, I need to vote based on the economy because that's that's what's really hitting hard for me right now is that. And 
that isn't to say the issue of abortion isn't one we should we, we need to care about it but it's not to say it's right now it's just not the biggest thing i don't think and i think that is okay i think people need to focus on the economy i think it's a huge thing and even in states that are liberal and voted for biden we're seeing a very very close races i mean new york governor's race is pretty close michigan governor's race with tudor dixon very close and rhode island where i live i i always bring it back to that you know we're seeing a close race and it's crazy to think about because i've grown up there my whole life and it's been it's democrat the the state our house our senate democrat and we're seeing people waking up and realizing you know what this is about the economy the Democrats haven't done anything. What if we try something new? What if we go with Alan Fung, who, you know, is a New England Republican? And that's the thing, too, is that the GOP needs to be aware of as they're going into election night is that, you know what? All of the candidates, it's not all one type of Republican. And that's why I think Republicans are might fare well this year. And I'm not saying they definitely will, but they might fare well because of the candidates that have been picked, especially in New England. You're seeing, especially in Rhode Island, as I said, a candidate who's a New England Republican. They're not picking this very far-right Republican who doesn't line up with a lot of Rhode Island values that people espouse to. Because I think if you had picked a further-right Republican, it may not it might have just been a done deal for Democrats to win. But by picking a New England Republican, somebody who understands what New Englanders are going through and, you know, may lean left on some things or not agree completely with Republicans, it's a smarter choice because you might have a Democrat who's like, I don't like what's going on. This economy is struggling. But you know what? I, I can't vote for the Republican because they're too far right. But in this case, we're seeing, oh, you know what? I agree with them on a lot of other things as well. I should vote for the Republican. And it's been great to see this shift and people saying, you know what? I'm going to put my values, my beliefs over the party and I'm going to look at that. I think that's always important in any race to look at is, you know, who's going to help us as a as a country? Who's going to help my state? Who's going to help me? And who's going to try to fix things? And that's always important. So I think this election for sure will be one where you have to watch and you're going to have to watch states very closely late into the night, I think, because it's going to be so close in so many different races that I don't think we expected to be close. And I'm just so excited. I hope you are excited to see the results and hopefully finally get those all coming to an end. And I know after Tuesday, we're like, oh, it's all done. Praise the Lord. It's done. We're finished with this. But then uh, the next day, I guess we just start going into 2024. And I think people are now going to be like, oh, who's going to be the presidential nominees? So, you know, we don't really get a break, but at least we're we're done with this, this big wave of election. According to an ABC poll, 64% of Republicans believe that former President Donald Trump should have a significant influence over the direction of the Republican Party going forward. This all comes as the primaries are less than a week away. The president will be in key battleground states such as Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. A Trump-backed super PAC has spent $8.6 million on ads in battleground states, which isn't as much as other Republican groups have spent. It has been noted that Trump endorsements helped several individuals rise in their primaries to claim their victories. People like Carrie Lake, Herschel Walker, and Dr. Oz 
were all endorsed by the former president and are in key states. This election will help show Trump's grip on the party or if it's slipping away. And it may even be an indication of whether or not he will run in 2024. I think this is interesting. 64%. That's not the biggest percentage, but it's pretty significant. So I think it needs to be noted that that's a very strong number, but it's also a weakening number. It's not like 84, 94% of Republicans. So that is something very interesting. And I think personally, I'm going to be super honest today about things. I personally don't think Trump should be the nominee in 2024. I'll say it right now. That's so you know where I'm coming from. I think he's done a lot, though. I think he did a lot for our country, but it's time to move forward and pick somebody else. But I think he did do a lot. That's what I'll say on that. But I think it's re it's been really interesting to me for me lately as I've been following races. I'm in college in Michigan. I've I went to see Tulsi Gabbard with a tu at a Tudor Dixon rally, and I have been noticing people like Tulsi Gabbard, people like Nikki Haley, they're doing the work. They're putting in the effort. They're going out there weekly to get things done, trying to push that certain candidates get into office. And you know what? Especially Tulsi Gabbard, she just became an independent and it's it, she's doing views and policy over party. And I applaud that. And I am so thankful for her leadership. Truly, it's been great. But I think what Trump hasn't done as much for me is get out there i haven't heard of his influence as much and that could just be me what i may be living under a rock or something i just haven't seen it but i've seen other people i've seen tulsi gabbard nikki haley ron DeSantis has was went out and supported candidates as well there are people going out and doing things other than just trump and i think that says a lot right now too and i think you know it could i don't know if it's an indicator about 24 but I think there'll be an interesting dynamic of who decides to run, whether or not Trump runs, what happens is going to be huge. And I think that the, the parties are going to have such an interesting balance in 2024 going in because you have, you have Biden and Trump who people are like, okay, they'll probably be the nominees, you know. But I don't know if people really want that. I don't, I'm not sure. And I think we'll have to wait and see, but like it should be noted that people like Nikki Haley, Tulsi Gabbard are doing things that are humongous and should be looked into and applauded because it's a lot of work that they're putting in and it may be consequential and help Republicans take back the House and maybe even the Senate. And I'm not sure what way that will fall, but I think that they're going out there is helping a lot and doing things to really push forward change, push forward Republicans, push forward not even just Republicans, people who want to put America first, who want to put the public first, who want to ensure that people are heard. That's what Tulsi Gabbard's doing. And, you know, I think, as I said, Trump did, did good things when he was in office. I think he had strong policies. But I think it's time to move on from Trump. And, you know, maybe his influence can linger. It can... It can still be there, but I don't think that we should just put all of our eggs into one basket and say, you know what? It's just going to be Trump. What if we looked at our options, see what other people have to offer? What if we got a younger candidate? I'm, I've been for that, a younger candidate. I don't know who, but somebody just younger who 
I think would relate to the populace more. I think even with Biden, that's been a concern of mine. And a lot of people's age is a huge thing that we need to take into consideration because it is concerning at times when we see a leader get very confused or just, you know, with medical things, like especially with COVID during COVID. I remember how scary that was. You know, if our leader gets COVID, what what goes on? What happens? Especially when they're old, they're they're it's it's more dangerous. So that's been something too and i think 2024 really will be an interesting time for our country to see what happens and how things all pan out but you know at the end of the day i'm really excited to see who our country goes with and what direction we continue towards i think it will be a very telling election On Wednesday evening, the president spoke in front of Union Station in Washington, D.C., where he discussed his concern over how certain Republican candidates will take election results should they lose. The Washington Post reports that several government agencies released a memo detailing how they, there would probably be an increase in threats for domestic by domestic extremists after next Tuesday's election. And here is what the president specifically said. Here's one little quote for you. What we're doing now is going to determine whether democracy will long endure. It, in my view, is the biggest of questions. Whether the American system that prizes the individual bends towards justice and depends, depends on the rule of law, whether that system will prevail. This is the struggle we're now in, a struggle for democracy. A struggle for decency and dignity, a struggle for prosperity and progress, a struggle for the very soul of America itself. Make no mistake, democracy is in the ballot for all of us. We must remember that democracy is a covenant. We need to start looking out for each other again, seeing ourselves as we the people, not as entrenched enemies. This is a choice we can make. Disunion and chaos are not inevitable. Now, I want to go back to what I've discussed before, and this was when the president said that half the country essentially was a threat to democracy. It's giving a lot of those vibes, you know. I think it's pretty sad that the president is just trying to be so divisive. He is trying to divide so much right now and it's painful to see you know I think there's one thing to coming out and saying you know let's have safe elections let's ensure that people can vote that everyone who's able to vote can go out there and do it let's do our duty as Americans and vote on November 8th but we're seeing this president go in and say you know but look at this look at these Republicans look at all of these people MAGA Republicans this and that he is dividing we should be able to trust our elections. We should make sure that elections are safe, secure, accept them, move on. You may not win your race. It's called losing. You can run again, you know, but we need to make sure our elections are safe and secure. We need to make sure everything is safe so nothing is undermined and we remain the beacon of freedom and liberty. And our president should not be going out there and putting up this divisive rhetoric and furthering our country tearing it more and more apart at the fabric of our nation. That's not what he should be doing. He should be trying to unite us. And, you know, I think he can say things like, you know, 
We need to make sure we go out and vote. We need to make sure we secure, protect our democracy, do all of that. And he can say, I endorse these people or I support this. But how he's been wording things for me has been concerning. How he's targeted a specific group of the populace is alarming. And it's not doing anything good. It's it's just not. And I think, you know, I really hope that our country after these midterms can come together, unite and try to move forward from 2020 from now this election and just try to heal. And, I, you know, I try to be optimistic. So I really hope it does happen because what I'm seeing breaks my heart. I don't like division. I don't like seeing people pitted against each other just because they have an R or D after their name. That's not what our country should be about. We should be coming together as Americans. We should be coming together, embracing freedom, embracing liberty, and just living together. We can have disagreements, but we should be able to live together and agree to disagree. Now, I want to make one more point today and this doesn't really have to do with midterms or anything at all but it was something that really affected me and I talked about abortion at the beginning of the show so Anne Hathaway was on the view and she called abortion another word for mercy and I want to just talk about this for a second because it infuriated me and I think it's disgusting shame on you Anne Hathaway that is such a disgusting thing to do killing an innocent baby you're calling another word for mercy how dare you i I just i it, it baffles me that somebody could think that that an abortion can be considered merciful i those are not two things i would ever put together and they shouldn't be put together because it's taking a life away it's saying that that life doesn't matter it's saying that that child who was created by God was planned with a purpose, doesn't have a purpose, doesn't have meaning, can be killed. It's placing God, the power that only God has of taking life and doing that and, you know, saying when somebody's time is done and putting it in human hands. It's saying, you know, I don't care. We're going to, this child can be aborted, whatever. And, you know, Shame on Anne Hathaway. Life is beautiful. Life is a beautiful thing. And it's not celebrated enough. And people like Anne Hathaway add to that with this kind of thing. You know, I get that we need to have compassion on women who are in difficult situations. I can't even imagine being in those situations that some women are in. It's... I can't even think about it. It's so difficult to comprehend. But we also need to be there for the child and we need to be there for the mother. It's not a one-way street. You know, we can't just say, oh yeah, have that child and then be done with it. We need to fix certain things in this country. We need to be there for the mother. We need to be there for the child. That's what we need to do. If like people like me, I'm I'm pro-life. I will say that right now. I'm very pro-life. If I say I'm pro-life, then I need to be there. I need to not just support the mom until birth. It's like, oh, you're, you go, now live your life. We need to support mothers throughout. We need to support children throughout. We need to fix the foster care system in this country. We need to fix the adoption system in this country. 
We need common sense legislation to fix things like this. We need to rebuild the foundations so that things like abortion aren't an option, don't have to be, because there are things there that the mother feels confident going into. And that's where America needs to move going forward. And I just pray that one day we can get there. We're not there. We need to work on it, but I think we are. And I think we can continue to make progress. And I just hope that one day we can look and we can say we did something right. We were right on the right side of history. We protected the lives of innocent babies. That's what I hope one day. But I also hope we can say one day we helped women. We supported these women. We got involved and came alongside them. We didn't leave them in their darkest hour. We supported them. We uplifted them. That's what we should be doing. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope that you have a great week. And I am so excited to talk next week about the election results and everything going on in this country of ours. It's been great talking to you today. And I know sometimes I get super passionate about these things, but there are things that really matter. And I hope you can start to become really passionate about or more passionate about if you already are, because they matter. And your opinion and your voice and your vote and your willingness to be out there matters as well. So never give up, my friend. It's a fight and it's a journey. But we've all got this. We just need to go out there and we need to we need to work hard for change, the changes that we want. And you can disagree with my political views. I want you to go out there as well and make the fight for the change you want. That's what our country should be about. So thank you and have a great day. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Oh, 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 oh,